Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And ghost huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're, you're listening, listening to ghost, ghost host, Sophia Temporelli. Ian, Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the ghost host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly Paranormal. Weekly, weekly at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to ghost host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the ghost host Sophia on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. This is April, the psychic housewife in New Jersey, featured on the travel channels, The Holes of Files. I just wanted to wish my very dear friend, Sophia Temporelli, a very happy 11-year anniversary right here on Live Paranormal. Congratulations, Sophia. I love you and I'm so proud of you. 
right, it's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporoli on LiveParanormal.com. And congratulations, Sophia, on celebrating over 11 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com and now on GhostHunting.com. That's right, a new website, too, to add to the uh, resume there. Thank you, Rob Sarek, the site founder of Live Paranormal and Ghost Hunting, for uh, providing this format each and every week. And to all of our moderators, thank you guys throughout the years for patching us through at live events when we had no internet feed. Thank you guys for all your help throughout the years. Feel free to call into the show, 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316. As well, feel free to jump into the liveparanormal.com chat room uh, and get yourself an avatar. You'll be part of the LP family. I'll be posting all of our guests' links into the uh, chat room, too, as well, throughout the show. And uh, everyone, I hope everybody's keeping safe out there. Today we welcome Weird New Jersey Magazine contributing writer, paranormal investigator, graveyard photographer, and urban explorer Jim Paris. Everyone visit weirdnj.com. And for Facebook, Jim Paris on Facebook and TikTok, Akladama389. That's Akladama389. He has some great footage that he's posted there throughout the years. Um, upcoming, we have what just announced, too, Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Kindred Spirits host investigator Adam Berry will be on the program uh, uh, promoting the new season. That's going to be next Saturday, the 14th. Also, renowned astrologer Jeff Harmon, he's going to be providing us with a live 2023 predictions. So that's going to be two weeks from today on the 21st. Also, to Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Michigan Hell House host investigator, Steve Shippey. He'll be on the program uh, promoting that new shock doc. That's going to be on the 28th, three weeks from today. So you don't want to miss any of these upcoming broadcasts. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page, just to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. We post them there. Also, uh, check out the memberships here on Live Paranormal. They start as low as $3.99 a month. And Rob Sarek, the site founder, he's great at rewarding the audience here. So a lot of autographed books by some of your favorite paranormal authors, all done through the memberships. And also support the uh, vendors here on Live Paranormal. And uh, tonight on Live Paranormal, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, Beyond the Screen and Ghost Light Radio, as well as monthly Mondays right here. Chip Coffee of A&E's Paranormal State and on Kindred Spirits now, he, he's going to be here Monday nights monthly, as well as Ben Hansen, Amy Goodwin, David M. Roundtree, Stefan Brigatti, Andy and Michelle Coppock, Ken Gearhart, and many more on this very network. Archive shows, if you miss anything, they're available as free MP4 iTunes downloads on the homepage of Live Paranormal. Let's bring on the host here. Let's see, Sophia, congratulations on 11 years of broadcasting here. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been 11 years. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. You've been helping a lot of people throughout the years. We had a big storm this past week. Were you real scared with all the rain and everything happening? Oh, yeah, I was just devastated. No, I'm, I yeah, love yeah. the rain. I'm much happier than when it's sunny out. I, I yeah, definitely wake up if I, see a, if I see a gloomy day specifically with there's rain, it makes me a thousand times happier than if it was sunny out. You do. You get really excited and happy when there's a lot of gray and thunder and stuff. Not the thunder, because, I don't know, it's disruptive to whatever I'm doing. But, yeah, oh, when we were watching Wednesday, and, yeah, they, yeah they're jittery. But when we were watching Wednesday and Morticia said, it's turning out to be a beautiful day, and it was, like, storming and rainy. I was like, wow, same. <laughs> Definitely same. Yeah, you had a little kindred soul. 
<laughs> well, you got the TikToks. You got well, you got that. You got the Twitters, these Instagrams, and all these. That where can people find you these days? I'm on Twitter at Spiatembrelli with one L, and Instagram just at Spiatembrelli. Well, you're welcoming back a fantastic guest today. Tell us about your guest. Today we welcome Weird New Jersey Magazine contributing writer, paranormal investigator, graveyard photographer, and explorer Jim Paris. Everyone visit weirdnewjersey.com, Facebook Jim Paris, TikTok A-K-L-A-D-A-M-A-389, and let's welcome Jim into the show. <laughs> oh, it's a lo- there we go. Jim, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, thanks. I'm I'm glad to be back. I'm happy and excited to share all my information I've gathered over all these years. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming back on. It was so great getting to talk to you last time. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you do so much fascinating stuff in the paranormal, but I think, you know, everyone always has like a start with this stuff. Did you have experiences when you were younger that kind of led you into the field of the paranormal? Yeah, I mean, I had a real strange experience when I was a kid. I was about 10 years old. I was visiting my cousins in uh, South Carolina, a place called Mm -hmm. Isle of Pines, which is a section of Waterloo, South Carolina. And um, me and my cousin were playing behind my aunt's house, and there was a little stream behind my aunt's house. And um, we were just sitting there playing, and I looked upstream, and I could see something coming down the center of the stream. And I'm looking at it going, what is that? And I, and I soon realized it was a plastic toy speedboat. It was red and white. And I would lived in New Jersey, and we had a community pool, and I saw kids playing with the exact same toy. And I thought, wow. And I wanted that toy. You know, I'm 10 years old. I want a toy just like that. And I see yeah. the same exact toy just coming straight down the center of this stream that I'm playing in right towards me. And I'm thinking, some kid upstream lost his toy. I'm going to go get that toy. And I start running towards the um, the thing to get this toy because that, I wanted that toy. And as I got within a few feet of it, the toy just suddenly turned, went into the side of the bank, and disappeared. And I couldn't understand what that was. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I asked people over the years, what do you think that was? What what did I experience? And they all came back the same way as you encountered something evil that tried to get you. Something lured you away from your cousin with um, something you desired. It's, it's straight up Stephen King, it kind of a story. I got lured by um, a toy that I desired away from the safety of my cousin and, um, as soon as it turned into the bank and disappeared, my cousin was right behind me. So I just wondered, you know, did it turn because I was no longer alone? I was no longer a vulnerable kid all by himself. There were now two kids there, and whatever it was just gave up. But it's just a unique kind of a paranormal experience. And I, I couldn't find the boat. I, yeah. I, looked, I looked hard for it. You know, as a kid, I really wanted that toy. And um, I couldn't understand where it went. You know, I looked in the, the side of the bank, and um, there's just nowhere for it. They've gone. So I, I don't know what that was. or Whatever it was, it was definitely, you know, it had the ability to go inside my head, find something I desired, make it look real in front of me, and then lure me with it. And um, I, I'm going to get to another story later on 
that's similar to that. And we're going to connect the dots later on to that. But I don't know what, what that was. That was straight up Stephen King it, you know, but wow. I wasn't alone. The reason it, it turned was because my cousin chased after me and I wasn't alone anymore. So there's just like no category for that, but that's what happened to me. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible that that happened. And did you start researching the paranormal, you know, shortly after that experience, or did it take a while for you to start diving headfirst into investigating? Yeah, I mean, I became interested, but I'm I'm 10 years old at the time. You know, I can't, I don't have any money mm-hmm. to buy books or anything. There, there wasn't an internet. There was nothing for me to, you know, you could go to a bookstore and maybe find a book on ghosts, but I was always interested in it. And I was wondering, you know, what what happened? What was that? It was clear as a bell to me when I was a kid, you know. What did I experience? What would have happened if I actually got to the toy boat? What would I what would I seem? But I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. It, just, it it doesn't fall into any categories. You don't hear people telling similar stories like that. And I've actually written to um I tried to find a historian in that area that, and asked him are there any other stories like mine? Are there stories of missing kids, kids found drowned in streams and stuff like that? And nobody will talk to me about it. Yes, dead silence. I, I don't get any response from anybody from there. Isle Pines, Waterloo, South Carolina. I don't know. I, there might be a whole lot of other stories of uh, kids being lured in a similar way, but they're just not talking about it. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible to have happen, especially since, you know, no one will talk to you and answer some of the questions you have. Um, I mean, I'm sure that that also, you know, when people don't answer your questions kind of helps make you, you know, want to write articles um, like you did for Weird New Jersey and just answer some questions that people may have and aren't getting answers to, you know, help people in that way just find answers themselves through you. Yeah, let other people come forward and say, yeah, something like that happened to me, too. They do have a story about some sort of creature that lures children in South Carolina. I can't think of the name of it, but I, I, it's not exactly what happened to me. But I didn't see any creature. All I saw was a toy boat, you know, but I didn't get to the boat either. You know, my ne- my cousin ran up behind me, and I was no longer alone. But who knows? I mean, I, uh, South Carolina, like New Jersey, every town has a historian. You can go to any town in New Jersey and find a historian to tell you all about the place. But South Carolina, they don't really have that system set up that way. And they don't really have a good, you know, Waterloo, South Carolina, Isle Pines, you know. It's just I couldn't find mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah, and that, it's always hard, too, when you have experiences as a child like that and you're just unable to get answers because um, it's like, you know, you know something happened, but how do you, you know, try and not rationalize it, but figure out with the knowledge you have as an adult what actually happened as a child? Yeah, you know, I was a kid, I was really into um, um catching frogs and snakes and turtles. So I had a good eye for nature. You know, I, I could find stuff in like a stream. I could find, I, I liked bugs. I would catch, catch bugs. You know, I, I knew how to look under rocks and find bugs and know how to find them. So I, I could tell the difference between that and a toy plastic boat coming towards me. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I had an eye for nature and tell the difference. That wasn't something other than a toy boat coming towards me. 
So, I mean, with that experience as a child, how did you go from having that experience to writing articles for Weird New Jersey? Um, I mean, well, um, it's just amazing, you know, um, that you wrote for that publication, too. Yeah, my, I started, I got a job. There was a, I was going to college, and a guy at my college said, we need a, a guy to work for us. And I said, what kind of job is it? He's like, it's a courier. And um, that was basically, I worked for law firms, and I would follow their paperwork all over the state courthouses. And I thought, that sounds like a fun job. You know, I'm going to see the whole state. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to know the whole state. And I started doing that. And, of course, you know, I got an eye for, you know, weird things. And I kept telling my friend, boy, you see the places I'm seeing, these weird houses, these weird places all over the New Jersey. And somebody said, there's a magazine called Weird New Jersey. Why don't you start sending them pictures? And that's how it started. You know, I just, you know, I happened to be a guy who traveled the entire state for my job. And I happened to be seeing all these things. And there just happened to be a magazine that, I could send what I'm seeing to them. And I started sending to them, and they loved everything. They were just like, send us more. Keep, and like, you drive with the whole state? That's awesome. You know, and um, they're like, you have an eye. You know what's weird. Because people would send them, like, you know, somebody put a weird decoration on their lawn. It wasn't that weird. They mm-hmm. and, like, you had the eye for it. You could tell that's strange. That's different. And it just developed from there. And um, I started, you know, being interested in graveyards because I, uh, you know, as a kid, we have there's a, a lot of graveyards near my house. There's big sections of them, and um, in high school, we used to um, sneak into them. And like, uh, there was a section of a graveyard where the road ended, and straight in front of it was the graveyard. And in high school, me and my friends would hide right there and, and run out and like scare people inside the graveyard. It was like a fun thing, you know, to, to do to people. And so there was always, you know, graveyards around. So I, I, was, I said, hey, you know, I'm already, I was already doing this stuff, you know, running around graveyards, scaring our, our friends and ourselves. Why don't I start seeing there's more there? So I started, uh, and I, I learned about the art of uh, gravestones. And uh, I got into that. And there's a lot of it, you know. Um, for instance, the, the Victorians, they didn't have any TV or books or radio or anything, so, but they, they mm-hmm. understood symbolism. But if you go to an old Victorian uh, graveyard, you see, like, different flowers and different symbols, and each statue looks a little different. They all understood those symbols. They all have different meanings. And the Victorians instantly knew what that, that flower, oh, I know what that means, that statue, I know what that statue is. But we've lost that information. They just look like statues and flowers. We don't get there's a meaning there. There's a purpose to why they put it there. And I started to get into that. And then, you know, I didn't, after that, I started getting into, like, uh, abandoned buildings because there's lots of them. And I just started filming, you know. At first, I would go through and just do still photos. Then I thought, mm-hmm. what well, it would be fun if people saw what I was experiencing with video. So I started filming. And then I started filming, I'd go back and look at it and rewatch it. And there were voices on it. The voices were saying stuff to me. And like, what is that? And it was, that was ghost. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing just the things that you see throughout history too. I mean, you also speaking about the Victorian times, I mean, 
you know, that's how Frankenstein was written by Mary Shelley, them telling ghost stories. And I feel like they were, you know, so open to kind of the spiritualism back then too. And so it's interesting when you look at, you know, the way they did things back then and just the history of it and, you know, kind of the paranormal today. Yeah. I mean, um, Mary Shelley and um, Edgar Allan Poe were contemporaries. That was about the 1830s, 18 of um, mm-hmm. writing Gothic year of architecture and art and, and writing and Poe and Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley, Lord Byron, they were all part of that, you know, and uh but at at the time, you know, a little little known fact that during his his time, people didn't like Poe. Um, his mm-hmm. poetry became popular during the um, American uh, what's the American Revolution and not the Revolution, the Civil War, and because so many of their family members were dying, you know, the sad, somber poems of Edgar Allan Poe became popular. And even more so in um, the Victorian times, because they started to get a taste for what he was writing during that. But during his lifetime, people didn't really like him that much. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing just, you know, I think how much their work has kind of stood up over time, um, the way people see it. I know, I believe Emily Dickinson wrote um, like a poem a day during the Civil War and just how much that time period affected people and their views on you know, literature and death. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, definitely, we we definitely see a lot of that. Um, um, you know, when you when you think about that in graveyards, we have a little bit of Civil War stuff. Well, no, New Jersey is a big um, a Revolutionary War, I think, because we have a lot of Washington, George Washington stuff here. But um, uh. Uh, it, 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 we have a lot of um, mm-hmm. older buildings here and a lot of uh, history, but my, my state's more revolutionary war than it is civil war. We are definitely big revolutionary war here in New Jersey. We have everything because Washington moved his uh, headquarters every three days, so we have a, a lot of buildings around here. This was Washington's headquarters. That was Washington's headquarters. There's a lot of that here. Definitely. And, you know, when writing for Weird New Jersey as well, what were some of, you know, your favorite places that you went to or, you know, took pictures of? Um, what have been kind of your favorite favorite places you've gone to? Um, some of, some of the, the more interesting graveyards have been um, uh, Rose Hill, I think it's called, and it's in Orange, New Jersey. Rosedale and Rose Hill, it's two old cemeteries that they joined together. It's a big, big cemetery, and there's a lot of really big, crazy graves inside there. And that, that's always been – I always like going through there. Especially I would take go there seasonally because um, they, they would plan them, you know. So in the spring, there were spring colors, and in the fall, there was definitely fall colors all around them. A lot of famous graves in there, like the Innes brothers, George Innes and his son, George Innes II which were big landscape painters. They're buried in there. And um, I'm trying to think of Cedar Hill, which I think is up in Bergen, a massive, just every graveyard is like, every gravestone is just crazy ornate. I, I sent you one of the pictures of a hooded thing. I found that in, I think, Cedar Hill up in Bergen County. It's a big, big, crazy graveyard. And um, 
I'm trying to think of the the other one is uh, Mount Rose, which is in Newark. Now that's a graveyard straight out of a horror movie. That you know that is a very spooky place. It's really if if anybody's in New Jersey and wants to see something real spooky, Mount Rose in Newark. That is definitely an old strange place. Yeah, I mean, you've gone to amazing graveyards. Um, You've taken some amazing photos, too. What has been the creepiest thing you've seen in a graveyard? Yeah, one of my – I just sent you the picture, and that's the crying grave. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to – it's in Westfield, New Jersey. And um, it's uh, it's for the – the family is called Ham, H-A-M. And they were a very wealthy family from that area. And they have this, just this bizarre grave. That, that that crying grave is about 30 feet in the air. It's a statue probably as big as I am. And um, But uh, I just took a bunch of photos. I was in there. I thought, oh, that's a neat photo. I took a photo of it, went home, and I looked at its eyes, and it's got tear stains down its eyes. Yeah, like, stains. Yeah, what is that? That is – I can't explain it. And it says on the side of the grave, when this angel sounds its trumpet, the dead will rise. What's that mean? Mm. And um, it's just a really just strange grave. And I, mm-hmm. I, all we know is that it was from a very wealthy family, and I don't know why it looks like that or anything else. But um, that uh, particular uh, cemetery was in um, Westfield, New Jersey, and um, Whitney Houston is buried in that same cemetery. And um, mm. so was a guy named John List. That was a big New Jersey story for a long time. Uh, John List, uh, in the 1970s, he had murdered his entire family. And um, he thought they were all going to go to hell because they were becoming hippies or something. And so he killed his entire family, and it was like six or seven people. And then he just disappeared. And the show, America's Most Wanted, caught him. They profiled his story, and they found him living in Virginia under a different name. And he actually got caught because of America's Most Wanted. And and um, those oh. people, the, his family are buried in that cemetery. But it's, wow. it's a really cool cemetery, this Westfield Cemetery. It's got some really strange uh, graveyards in it, gravestones in it. It's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a crazy story. I mean, especially with... Um, America's Most Wanted gets involved too. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's quite a few you know notable stories in that cemetery, um, and such an interesting you know gravestone too. Uh, so it's it's amazing the things you find you know in places like that, like you know the gravestone. I'm sure you weren't expecting that necessarily, and uh, it's just weird you know the things you can find when you look around. Yeah, I mean, what my my advice if you go looking for inter- interesting graveyards, they kind of put the um, the strange characters along the fence of the graveyard or way in the back, out of people's way, you know, because there, there's something sketchy about these people, or maybe they were just really poor. But even though mm-hmm. they were really poor, so, sometimes there are handmade gravestones, and they can be really interesting. So if you go to the graveyard, you know, and you're looking for interesting gravestones, try way in the back or along the fence, kind of like the not prime spot, 
there's a lot of interesting things in there. That's where I would always find a lot of you to really interesting grades. Wow. Definitely. And I know we have to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with more questions. The Ghost of the Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Our guest today, Weird New Jersey Magazine contributing writer, paranormal investigator, graveyard photographer, and urban explorer, Jim Paris. Everyone visit Jim Paris on Facebook. Also on TikTok, it's Akladama389. And he's got some great footage captures there, as well as uh, great locations that he explores, too, as well. Uh, We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with the most, Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com. Hey, this is Rick Hayes, the psychic medium, life consultant, author, and lecturer, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Believe. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files, and you're listening to (laughs) Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself into your mix of of voiceovers now. (laughs) I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. Oh, poor Dave, left out of the mix there. Yeah, Jim and Sophia, bringing you both back. Okay, we have you both in the studio. Okay, I'm good. Hey, Jim, thank you again so much for coming on today. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here. And, you know, I got so much information. I'm, I'm happy to get it out there. Absolutely. And I know um, also you sent some amazing photos um, of voodoo graves, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm... In doing my research, you know, I, I always thought like voodoo was New Orleans, and that's where it only was. But um, there was a, a scholar, a professor here in New Jersey. She has since passed away. Her name was Karen McCarthy Brown. And um, mm-hmm. she did this um, years and years of study about voodoo in New Jersey and New York, uh, New York State. And, and, and she found out voodoo was everywhere. Voodoo existed in every state. It wasn't exclusive to New Orleans. Um, and I, I was like, wow. And um, I wonder if there's a New Jersey voodoo queen. And there probably is. 
but um, it's been really difficult to find because, you know, this information is kept within a family. And like we knew our great-grandmother, she was practicing voodoo, but we kind of keep it quiet. So they don't let that information out. So they are stays. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear about this information. I think that New Jersey has their own voodoo queen and kings and so forth. But anyway, um, I was graveyard exploring, and that was in Camden, New Jersey. And um, Camden has been declared the worst city in America many years in a row. And this cemetery is um, abandoned. Uh, they don't take care of it. No one uh, tends to the graves. No one mows the lawn. And I just found this weird little, it's a handmade grave. Somebody made this specifically for this person. And it, when it was made, it was probably beautiful. It's hand-painted, really painted well. And if you look closely, you can see little angels and decorations on it. It was probably a really pretty gravestone when it was original. But over the years, it's become just faded. But you can make out the name on the, the gravestone, sort of. It says Beatrice Le, Lebeau. Lebeau. And that sounds like a New Orleans mm-hmm. name. And I showed it to um, Karen McCarthy Brown, and she was instantly, that's a voodoo grave. That person practiced voodoo. Like, really? Uh, that's all, I mean, because it's an abandoned cemetery, um, you have to get uh, the Camden County historical people to look into the information, and they want to be paid for it. So until I can get some money to look deeper into it, uh, I don't know. I mean, it looks like maybe she was a New Orleans transplant and from someone from New Orleans who probably moved to New Jersey and was living in New Jersey. And she probably was practicing voodoo. Um, but uh, uh, that's all I know. You know, it's just, you know, I've hit a wall with it. You know, you know, hopefully there will be cemetery records, you know, in Usually it, this grave is in care of the, there's family members to contact if there's a problem, you know, but mm-hmm. this, I, she died in the 1960s. So that's over 50 years ago. Who knows if you can find these people, but it, it's definitely, you know, voodoo was here, but in new Orleans, you know, they have Marie Laveau. And the reason why we know about her is they kept that tradition going. You know, they wrote it down, they wrote about her, they talked about her the next generation kept that, you know, tradition going, and it's still going today. Whereas voodoo exists in probably every single state. But, you know, in those states, they just didn't keep it going the way they did in New Orleans. It's well documented in New Orleans. They just never documented it in other states. Like I said, you know, there probably are practitioners in families, and they only the family is aware of it, and they just don't talk about it. So the information just ends. But I think voodoo was in every state. Um, in New Jersey, we have something called the Jackson Whites. They're also called the Ramapo Mountain people. They live up in the northern mm-hmm. New York border of New Jersey. And um, a guy wrote a book in the 1970s talking about them. I mean, they've always been sort of this mysterious people. They were a, a mixed race, African American and German-Dutch mixed-race people. And among them, they had witches. And um, probably the coolest witch name I've ever heard, one of them was called Black Mag. And she is um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, that's such an awesome name. 
And another was called Handsome Abbey, and that's a cool name too. Those are the two witch names that you can find in New Jersey. But um, they were practitioners of what I think was probably voodoo. But um, they probably both died in the 50s or the 60s, and they were probably pretty old by then, probably in their 80s. And um, the, this book that came out in the 1970s, just uh, the one grandson of the said, oh, I remember her, you know. She was a kind old lady, and she was talking about Black Mag, but the the Jackson Whites will not talk about these people. They will not. They say this never happened. These people never existed. It's not real. They just won't talk about it. And I've tried talking to a lot of them, and they just will not talk about it. And so, you know, I think it's important um, sociology and anthropology. You know, I think it's important mm-hmm. in that aspect to understand what she practice and was it a pagan witchcraft or was it a voodoo? I think based on what is in the book, it sounds closer to voodoo, like a mountain voodoo um, type of thing. But um, I, I know Black Mag, her name was probably Margaret. Her last name was probably DeGroat. And if I did genealogy, you know, I could probably find her. And is that Black Mag? I don't know. But um. It said her ghost still haunts those areas. If you run into her ghost, you're going to have problems. Well, as much as I like investigating, I don't think I want to run into her ghost if I'm going to have problems. Yeah, Black Mag sounds pretty terrifying to run into Black Mag. Definitely. I mean, it's incredible just the stories you find out about. Um, And I know another one you wanted to talk about was actually Aleister Crawley's Ashes. Yeah, this is this is a good story because I was like, oh man, I gotta find this house. And it was mm-hmm. a Carl Germer. He was um, Alistair Crawley's probably best friend and good friend. He was entrusted with um, Alistair Crawley's ashes, and he lived in Hampton, New Jersey. And um, I was actually able to find the house that he lived in. And the story is that he buried the ashes in the garden behind a tree, but. Um, that house that he lived in, he was only a renter. He didn't own the house. He was just renting it. So I don't think it's a real story. I think it's just a story he told people to get them off his back. But why would you bury something permanently in a place you're only renting? Mm-hmm. But anyway, the house is, has been renovated. You know, property um, values have gone through the roof in New Jersey. And someone took this old little farmhouse and they added multiple additions to it. So the house is now like three times bigger than what it was when Carl Germer lived in it. And the the, the trees in the yard that he planted and buried the ashes on, they're all gone. It's, that whole thing has been landscaped extensively. So if, if there was an urn there, you know, you're not going to find it. It, it the, the whole landscaping has changed dramatically. Um, you, when you go there, you don't even recognize the place, but you only can tell because that's the right address, you know. It doesn't even look the way it looked when Carl Germer lived there. So it's it's been, the house has been fully renovated. It's three times the size it used to be. The, the ground, all those trees have been removed. It's all completely different now. So that's why people, we're not shy about telling people where it is because you're not going to find anything. Is we don't think there's anything there. I think that story of the mm-hmm. buried the ashes in the yard is just a story told to keep the curious away. 
you know, because he there's another story because he left New Jersey and he moved to West Point, California. And there's a story that he was home invaded by a cultist and they took Alistair Crowley's urn. And that's another story. So, so which story is the truth? I don't know. My guess, you know, they could both be um, uh, fake stories, you know, that he just told people to get him off his back. And the, I would say, you know, because I've looked for um, urns and stuff like this, and I've tried to find them, and I've actually ended up finding these people buried in the tombs with other people. And uh, and I have a feeling that if Carl Germer kept those ashes, they may be buried with Carl Germer somewhere in West Point, California. That would be my guess. But um, there's also his will. He willed everything back to the Alistair Crowley um, society, the cult that was still active, which is Ordo Templi Orientis. That was a, the, the occult society that Alistair Crowley had founded, and they were still around. And he willed everything Alistair Crowley to them. So I have a feeling maybe they have the ashes. And uh, this Ordo Templi Orientis, they are a massively big group in America. They have a website, and they have, they have a map of America, and they list their locations. You know where you can go worship and practice whatever um, uh, rituals they have, and they have over a hundred locations in the United States. And it's wow! And when you look at them, like that's the Alistair Crowley cult, and they're that big. So mm-hmm. I would put my guess is that that um, or- Ordo Temple Orientis have Alistair Crowley's ashes. That would be my guess. Well, I mean, that's amazing that, I mean, you've been able to research all of that. Um, I mean, it's just incredible that the information you're able to find out and research. What, through, I mean, all the amazing stories you've learned over the years, what has been your favorite um, just topic to have researched? Um, I, I like stories when people just disappear. I, if, if, if I like, like, there's there's nothing going on in their life, nothing strange in life, and they just vanish. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that, that'd be one thing. I'm trying to think what story I'm I, that I keep looking at that I still like. Um, some of the stories are just ongoing. Right now, one of my favorite places is um, the Trenton Psychiatric. Um, it's always been it's it's a Victorian mental. Um, hospital but it's not just a hospital it's a whole uh, complex of buildings and most of the old victorian buildings are abandoned and they're all haunted but no ghost hunter show has ever gone near them and it's mm-hmm. you know it but they have allowed photographers like urban explorer photographers in and i tried to get in a few years ago and the director didn't like me and said no i've been thinking about trying again you know, it seems I can get in, but um, that's an ongoing. That that's a place that all of us. I call it Trenton Psych, the the place where nightmares are born, because it is such a dark, creepy place. And it's um, it, it they have modern buildings on the site, and um, they have um housing for patients. Some patients walk freely among them, the grounds of the 
Trenton Psychiatric. So it's kind of like, um, what was that, uh, uh, that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie where um, he was in the mental Shutter hospital? Shutter Island? Shutter Island. It's just like Shutter Island. When you walk around the ground there, there are mental patients walking around freely there. And there's also, they have something called Ancline, which is um, the um, prison for the men criminally insane. And uh, that is straight out of uh, Islands of the Lambs. I've actually doing DoorDash on site, and I, I've delivered food to there. And as soon as you walk inside the door, you can mm-hmm. actually walk inside the lobby just as a person. They don't stop you. And literally, as soon as you get in there, it is Silence of the Lambs in there. And it, it has that, and it has old abandoned Victorian mental asylum buildings. as an old uh, Victorian, like the um, the president of the asylum's house is still boarded up and empty. It's just one place that, you know, you always want to get into. And they've sparsely let people in occasionally over the years. But I haven't been lucky enough to get in yet. But that's that's just that's just like an entire book of stories. That one spot, you know, it's just massive. And Trent's like, I don't know why any ghost hunters haven't tried to get in there and do a ghost show there because it is a lot of stuff to look at there. That's definitely if if I were to pick a place. That, that I like, I would say Trenton Psych because it's just, I haven't been able to get in there. I know that there's a lot there. I've been doing this for a long time. I can tell as soon as they let me in there, it's just going to be like a waterfall of material. And who knows what I'll capture in there. I know I'm going to get ghost stuff in there. No doubt about that. But it just has literally like hundreds of stories and hundreds of interesting things. It's just, but and mm-hmm. it's and it's just about 15 minutes from my house. Just let me in, can you? You know, it's so much there. Yeah. Well, so hopefully they'll let you that, in soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about. I hope. Well, the one director, and this was probably about 10 years ago. He did not like me at all. He was just like, "You're mm-hmm. you're not a good person." I'm like, "What do you mean?" I just want to look around. You're going to make fun of mental health people. I'm like, "No, I'm not. I just want to go inside the buildings." He was he was really a difficult person, and but the previous one before her was letting people in. But um, hopefully she's gone. I've been thinking about you know, it's how you present yourself, how you write to them, how you explain. You know, you got to make them feel comfortable. You know, I'm not going to view this in any negative way. Um, yeah, so it's all about the approach. Maybe they can let me in. I guarantee if I get in and I find stuff and people see what I found, everyone's going to want to go there. But it is just a massive place, lots of big empty buildings, lots of spooky stuff. They have they have the Cannibal Lecter prison on site. You know, and they have patients wandering mm-hmm. around. It, it's just like everything you could think of. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an amazing location. And, you know, speaking of locations you've gone to, um, can you tell everyone a little bit about your TikTok channel and what they can expect um, from some of your videos? Yeah, those are some of my just, you know, urban exploring videos where I've um, I've gone and I've had experiences, you know. 
you know, I just found, you know, buildings. And a lot of these buildings, you know, Weird New Jersey hasn't even talked about yet. And, um, you know, I just put in some of the my best evidence. And not all of it's ghosts. Some of it's just like this weird shrine that's out in the middle of the woods. It's in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. But it doesn't matter that I can tell you. It's it's near something called the Hunt House, which is on Blackwell Road. I could tell you all that information, but you're not going to find it unless I take you by the hand and show you where it is. You will not find it because it's so deep in the woods. Mm-hmm. It's um, The shrine is uh, behind the Hunt House on Blackwell Road in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. It's next to the pond, but um, it's a trail that begins next to the pond, but uh, you won't find it unless I take you there. So I can talk about it, but you're not going to find it. Somebody has to show you how to find that place. It's so deep in the woods. And um, they don't understand who made that because whoever made that put a lot of effort into it. And he, somebody carted like truckloads of wood and stone and everything back there. And why did they make it? We don't know. It, it, that's a total mystery. And that's uh, that's just one thing, and um, like um, the uh, the Gravity Road, we have. A, I think every town, every state has a Gravity Road. It's just an optical illusion. It looks like you're going uphill when you're actually going downhill. And we have those, and we have um, like this little elf house. I was um, I was out. I found a there was a rare bird. And that's in Pennsylvania. That's, um, I can't think of the name of where it was in Pennsylvania. And there was a rare bird up there, and I'm into birding, and there's a whole group of us sitting there waiting to see this rare bird, and I see this little house across the field. I'm like, what's that? And like, oh, we call that the elf house. And, you know, after the bird showed up, everyone was happy and saw it, and they all left, and I walked out to the elf house to see what it was. I don't know what that is. It's just there. I don't know who made it or why it's there or what it is, but I just found it. But yeah, and um, uh, mm-hmm. w- the one interesting place is the um, Scammell Mansion. Now that that was abandoned. That they were the Scammell were the porcelain porcelain makers. They made all the porcelain for the White House, and they were a wealthy family at one time. And uh, their mansion this uh, became abandoned, and it was abandoned for a long time. And I had you could see in that video a door shut right in my face. You know, right in front of me, the door just goes and, uh, still and slams shut right in front of me. And there's a lot of ghost voices in there, and it's definitely a spooky place. But the funny thing about that, it's no longer abandoned. It's been fully renovated. People now live in it. So oh. I wonder if they're having any experiences. Mm-hmm. But um, and, um, the um, what, what was that? There's a the mansion in Burlington City. Big, big, crazy mansion. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but that's on my video. I went there multiple times. I went there a lot. I even brought my mother there, which was funny. And she liked it so much, I couldn't get her out of it. Mom, we got to go. You know, this is a, <laughs> an abandoned. She didn't want to leave. She loved it so much. And... Uh, uh, McNeil Mansion, that's what it's called, the McNeil Mansion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still standing. There was talk about tearing it down, and um, I'm not sure if it's still there. Uh, but um, there's the um, the White Hill Mansion, and that's in uh, 
Fieldsboro, uh, next to Bordentown, New Jersey, and they give tours. They have a website. You can request tours, and they'll take you around the mansion, and that's a very haunted mansion. That that's when anyone can go visit and do their own little ghost tour of because they're all they're actually really cool about that. If you want to go do a ghost hunt at the White Hill Mansion, just contact them on Facebook. They'll they charge you a fee, but they'll let you do it, and you're gonna get ghost footage there. You know that's a place anyone can go see. You know I, I would recommend you know you you want to get you know, ghost footage, go there. You'll get it. Well, those are some awesome locations. I know we're coming towards the end of the show, though, so do you have any upcoming investigations, events, websites, or TikToks that you would like to mention? Uh, no, no, right now I'm, I'm just trying my, – my goal is to get um, – I have some houses that I've been eyeing. I could tell they're, they're, they're vacant, and uh, I've just been too busy to stop and go in them. The weather here has mm-hmm. been kind of terrible. Uh, like I said, my, my goal right now is to try and get back into Trenton Psychiatric and see if I can finally be the first person to actually get some ghost footage inside Trenton Psychiatric. Because I think that's kind of like pulling the cork out of the dam when I do that. Once I do that, it's just going to pour out. You know, it's just, I think wow. people are, I'm going to find so much there. And so that's my goal, to get the permission to get inside Trenton Psychiatric. For sure. Well, I can't wait to see when you finally do get in there and um, hear about all of the amazing places you're going to go to next. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Jim, again, for coming on today. It's always great getting to hear your stories and talk with you. Yeah, all right. Yeah, there's always more more material. I, I got all lots of stuff to talk about. But maybe sometime in the future we'll get to it. And they know. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely more stuff out there. I hope something, maybe somebody in Waterloo, South Carolina will hear this and say, yeah, I had that experience. I know what that thing is and can give me some information about what that was. You know, that would be neat. For sure. Someone else had that same experience, uh, something that lures children, you know. Mm-hmm. That would be Yeah, I mean, I I hope you are able to get more answers to that experience, you know, in the near future. Um, it would be great if it was through the show. Um, but, again, you're always welcome back on in the future. Um, you know, we love hearing your stories, and I know the audience does as well. So I want to thank you so much for coming on today. All right. Thanks, thanks Jim. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, thanks Jim. Jim. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Well, fantastic show today, Sophia. Absolutely. Jim is such a great guest. I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Yeah, in the White Hill House that Jim's mentioning, too, 1723, the uh, the mansion was built. Uh, yeah, the Ghost House Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. As today, we had Weird New Jersey Magazine contributing writer, paranormal investigator Jim Paris. And everybody visit Jim Paris on uh, Facebook, also on TikTok, Aquadama 389, and that video is there where you see the door close on Jim right in front of them in the camera. It's pretty good. 
Uh, upcoming, we have Travel Channel Discovery Plus Kindred Spirits host investigator Adam Berry promoting the new season. That will be next Saturday, the 14th. Renowned astrologer Jeff Harmon provides live 2023 predictions for us. That will be two weeks from today on the 21st. Also, Travel Channel Discovery Plus's Michigan Hell House. Uh, it's going to be a shock doc coming up. And host investigator Steve Shippey will be on the program three weeks from today on the 28th. You don't want to miss any of these upcoming uh, broadcasts as we have uh, some of those guests that are carrying their spots right now. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com and GhostHunting.com to learn about those guests as we learn of them real time. Great show, everybody, and we'll see you next week with Adam Berry. Hi, this is Debbie as Dion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.